Hello, this is Cody Sturge with the pastor at Joy Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a radio ministry, podcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. We're thankful that you've tuned in today as we're preaching through God's Word. We're praying God's Word will speak to your heart as it's preached and taught from the pulpit of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. Uh, here's, here we have... Uh, here we have this situation where Mordecai, he's, he's weeping and he is wailing and he is mourning in sackcloth and ashes outside of the king's gate. And Esther gets word of it. It scares Esther to death because it's going to be terrible. The condition of the people at, in verse number three, we see in every province with us over the king, uh, commandment and his decree came. There was great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. It wasn't just Mordecai mourning, it was the whole nation. Verse number four. So Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved. And she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him, but he received it not. He says, I can't rejoice. I can't clean up when things are so bad. Verse 5, then called Esther for Hatak. Hatak was the guy that was commanded to take care of and help Esther with her affairs. And Hatak sends a message to Mordecai. I think it's kind of interesting what uh, Esther wants to know in verse 5. Look what it says there in the end of the verse. Hatak comes to Mordecai to know, and Esther wants to know what it was and why it was. That's what Esther wanted, what it was and why it was. Why in the world are you doing this? And so Mordecai tells her all about it. Mordecai tells her all about it. And uh, when Mordecai explains to her what's going on, Esther's mourning, Mordecai's mourning, and it's a sad time. It's a tough time. When I see Mordecai mourning, I can't help but be reminded, I promise you, I'm a very optimistic person. But I'm not blind to the wickedness of our society. I'm not blind to the trend of culture against the word of God, against God's principles and God's ways. And I'm not trying to be some old fuddy-duddy, but I'm just telling you something. The world hates God. They hate the Bible. They hate our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the devil has a stronghold in our society, and our culture is turning against God. There's never been a time where it's more appropriate to mourn over the condition of a society than just than right now. We should mourn and pray, and we should understand that there's difficulties. But I'll have you know something. As difficult as it may get, do not fall into the trap to turn your back on Jesus. Stand up for Jesus. Trust in the Lord. Have the spirit of an Esther that says, if I perish, I perish. Mordecai's mourning, which leads, number two, to Esther's fear. Esther's fear. Esther has every right to fear. You see, if Esther is to come into the presence of the king, it's going to be a big mess. It could cost her her life. You see, one time, Ahasuerus called for his queen, and she wouldn't come, and she got banished. This could be a case where the queen comes without being called, and she could be banished or worse, put to death. Mordecai says to Esther that you need to speak to the king. And the Bible says in verse number 12, uh, verse number 13, Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Verse 14, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, 
Then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Now, Esther's fear. Esther's scared. Esther says, look, my life is on the line. Esther has every reason to be afraid. Now, I'll just tell you, there, there are times in our Christian lives where it's scary. May I remind you, in your moments of fear, you can trust the Lord. In your moments of fear, you can trust in the providence of God. In your moments of fear, you need to say yes to God and yes to God's will and yes to what's right. And who's to say that God's not prepared us and wants to use us. That little phrase in verse 14 is one that's made many, 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 many sermon titles for such a time as this. For such a time as this. If you find yourself in a moment of fear, concern, worry, like Mordecai and Esther, who's to say that God has not raised you up for such a time as this? Oh, may we fix our gaze on the Lord and trust in him. Esther was afraid. I'm thankful to see in a situation where Esther has real concern and real fear. You know, I'm thankful that God does not present his work as something that is just no problems, no worries, no troubles. God presents it real. And Esther's situation is one of great concern. Her life is literally on the line. But who's to say that God doesn't want to use her for such times as this? The answer is God's going to use her for such time as this. And God will use her for such time as this. And finally, we see number three, Esther's resolve. We'll end with this. Verse 15, the Bible says, Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. At first, she sends back to Mordecai an excuse. She's like, oh my, this is dangerous. This is scary. This is bad. But finally, she sends back to, to Mordecai resolve to do the right thing. She says in verse 16, she says, Go gather to gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. Now, what did, what did this do? Here's what happens to Esther. Esther comes to this moment of great fear, but the byproduct of her great fear and concern and understanding that her life was on the line, but God's work was very important, it drove her to her knees. It drove her to praying. It drove her to trusting. It drove her to saying, I can't do this. It drove her to calling on other people to pray with her. And I'll just tell you, Anything in your life that forces you to throw up your hands and yield to God is good. It's good. I just want to be honest with you. I hate those moments. I do. I, I do. I, I like it better in my flesh when everything's going just fine. I like it better in my flesh when I can handle it. 
I like it better in my flesh when I got it figured out. I like it better in my flesh when, hey, look, we can take care of that. I like it better when I'm strong. I like it better when I'm not afraid of what might happen. I like it better that way. But I'm just going to tell you something. It's not better that way. Because the things in this earth and the strength of my flesh, it drives me to trust in me and I am limited when I get to the place where mourning and fear drives me to pray and drives me to say, y'all pray and drives me to say, Lord, I need you. I need you now. Help me. Let me tell you something. It feels desperate. We don't like that. It feels desperate. As a matter of fact, it is desperate. But the moment that you relinquish control and give it to God, you have unleashed God's power and moved your weakness out of the way. It's sweet. One of my favorite quotes from Spurgeon is this one. He says, you need to learn to kiss the wave that crashes you into the Savior. And at this moment... Mordecai and Esther, they don't know it yet. But God is going to put together some pieces and orchestrate some details that no man could ever possibly accomplish. They don't know it yet. And so what do they do? They do the only thing they can do. They say, y'all pray. If Esther was from the south, that's exactly what she said. Y'all pray. And says, y'all pray. Not only pray, y'all pray and fast. I'm going to pray and fast. My maidens are going to pray and fast. Y'all pray and fast. Y'all pray. And she said, you know what? I'm going to do what's right. And if I perish, I perish. And I'm glad I can tell you, she doesn't perish. The Lord uses her in a mighty way. The Lord uses Mordecai. The Lord turns the tables on Haman, the enemy of God. And God grants victory. Now, I want to tell you something. The stories of Christians who stand up for Jesus, they don't always turn out exactly like that. Sometimes... When we resolve to trust the Lord and say, if I perish, I perish. Sometimes people perish. I had so many funerals this past year. So many of them. Devastating and tragic. The one that comes to mind in a moment like this is my dear friend Stephen Trail. <laughs> I can't imagine. A man that gives his entire adult life and a talent and a skill set that is remarkable, amazing. If you could only have known him. He learns Arabic and falls in love with Arabic-speaking people and specifically Muslim people who hate him. And one after one, God gave him converts. and Sweet, but right when things just seem to be really picking up, He's murdered in cold blood. If I perish, I perish. 
It doesn't always work out the way we think it ought to on earth. And you know what? I don't always like to say that. But I'm also not going to be the kind of pastor who tries to sugarcoat things. Hey, look. Things may not work out the way you hope they would on earth. And you don't have to get the place. We have to get the place where we say, Lord, you know better than I do. And I trust you. And I'm going to say yes to you. And I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to live for you. And if I perish, I perish. Let me tell you the sweet spot. When we perish as the children of the Most High God, we leave this sin-cursed world and we just begin eternity with our Savior. And if we get the opportunity to see a, a Esther Mordecai situation in life where we resolve to trust God and in the end Haman's hung on his own gallows. If we get to live and say, if I perish, I perish. And we trust the Lord and say, yes, Lord. And everything works out and we, we end this life in a great glorious victory. When we're going to praise Jesus on earth for time. We're going to praise Jesus for all of eternity in heaven. But if we don't, we can praise Jesus for as long as God allows us to live in this life, which is a short time at its longest. And you know what we can do? We can praise Jesus and celebrate the glories of God for all of eternity. It doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change how real God is. But I want to remind you of something. As the children of the Most High God, this moment in our lives, look, the outcome is up to the Lord. The most important thing is that we decide right now, hey, look, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm not going to bow to the world. I'm going to live for Jesus. If I perish, I perish. Eternity is sweet. Life is good. God's grace is sufficient. I'm loving living. Let me tell you something. It has zero comparison to the glories that we'll all spend for eternity. If I perish, I perish. We'll trust God. He's faithful. You can count on it. Let's pray. Thank you for listening today to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a ministry of faith of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. For more Bible preaching, Visit us at chillhowiebaptistchurch.com or download our app wherever you get your apps. Chill Howie Baptist Church. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day.